My heart broke the morning of June 24th when I got up and checked the news on Twitter and saw that at 1.15 a.m. Eastern Time, a 13-story condo, Champlain Tower South in Surfside, Florida, collapsed. Only one-third of the building remained standing. Needless to say, I was in shock. I lived in Miami for 10 years, from 1988 to 98. Around 1990, I lived on South Beach. Miami Beach, before it was hip, so it was just south of Surfside. It was right on the beach. I had a third floor studio in a six-story building with a balcony facing south and overlooking the ocean. I admit it, it was awesome. Before that, I lived in the beach life in Isla Verde, Puerto Rico, for many years. In the picture below, or the picture <laughs> below, you know, <laughs> you're not seeing it. Ah, click on over to my blog. And uh, in fact, I have a lot of pictures. I have embedded videos, embedded tweets, and embedded maps. So, um, and pictures. And yeah, you definitely need to click on over to my blog so you can see what I'm talking about here. Um, well, I have a picture of Isla Verde, where I used to live, and the condo, which was right on the water. And um, uh, I worked at ESJ Towers, which is three buildings over, and I walked to work via the beach every day. My favorite hangout was a great little bar restaurant a half a block to the east. It's not in the picture because the picture's cut off right there. It's called La Playita. It's called Little Beach. Um, right on the water with a dock and a bar made from a boat. That was the life. Isla Verde is on the north side of Puerto Rico to the east of San Juan. That's the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, it's on the Atlantic Ocean. Funny thing, in the winter, the sea would take the beach away completely. That was very frustrating for the tourists because that was snowbird time and they really wanted to go to the beach. At my building, the waves would literally hit the building in the winter. As far as I can tell, it's still standing, but after what I've discovered about the Surfside building collapse, I wouldn't be surprised if its days were numbered. Miami living. I moved to Miami in 1988 and two years later to the beach. I absolutely loved it there. I worked across the bay in downtown Miami and partied, that was a prodigal back then, on South Beach. My hangout there was across the street, a Mexican bar restaurant. Then there was Penrods, which my balcony overlooked. Whenever there was a concert on the beach or the 4th of July fireworks, I had a front row seat. And I have a picture in my blog of South Beach in 2006, so you can get an idea. Now, the building I lived in was torn down, and there's a white condo there now, but you can see it as, a, as, as you look at the picture. It's the first one as you go up the coast on the, on the left-hand side, but you can see South Point Park and the beach. I mean, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful area. Um, and I loved driving up and down Collins Avenue. I loved living near the water. Always a renter, however, I was never inclined to buy. History buff that I am, I was fascinated by the history of Miami. It was swampland. Miami Beach had mangroves where certain fish spawned. All those fish disappeared when they started developing it. Greedy developers. I can't help but think of the greed of the developers. Don't get me wrong, not all developers took shortcuts in construction like the builders of the Champlain Towers allegedly did. That's still to be determined along with the cause or causes of the collapse. 
While I lived in Miami, I watched the concrete canyon go up, stealing every little bit of beachfront. They sold views at high prices and people paid them. Too bad no one told them of the risks. And you can, again, over in my blog, I have a um, Google Earth picture of Collins Avenue and the Concrete Canyon in Miami Beach. You can see what a, what a small slip of land it is. All of South Florida is a swamp. Development in South Florida started back in the early 1900s. So how do you make useless land into a moneymaker? You fill it in. Now, I'm not an engineer, nor am I a builder or architect by any means. I just know as the years went by, greedy developers wanted to build as close to the water as possible, making use of every valuable square inch. That was another problem. There was only so much space. You build a 10 to 20 story building with hundreds of apartments. They've got to park somewhere. Where? Under the building. So let's review. Building on an island that was mainly mangroves and swamp. They filled it in. With what? Sand, dirt, rocks? Down the line, that gets expensive. What's cheaper? I mean, come on, they're there to make money, right? They filled it in with garbage. Yes, garbage. They called it reclaimed land. That is land that was never there, nor was it meant to be there. Landfill. So it's not solid. There's nothing solid about it. <sighs> Champlain Tower South being on the ocean also had 40 years of weather. That included hurricanes, not landing, but passing by, coming close enough to cause high surf that eats at the shore. And if you click on over my blog, I have embedded a video in the middle. Um, and it's of a, a Miami architect talking about um, oceanfront building. And it's interesting because it's from a news agency in France. And it took, <laughs> it took somebody from France to find this architect to tell the truth about building on landfills. Now I can go into more details that I've seen on speculations, reports, inspections, et cetera, showing red flags on the safety of the building. Nevertheless, all you have to do is go over to Twitter and search the hashtags, hashtag Surfside or hashtag Surfside Building Collapse. And I've put links to those, those Twitter hashtags in my blogs to make it easy for you to get there. But you'll see, all the news you need, including memorials of those who died and pictures of those still missing. Sinking sand. I also lived for a while in a high-rise apartment across the bay from Surfside in North Miami. 15th floor, wonderful view. It too was built on reclaimed land, aka landfill garbage sinking sand. I was offered a buy-in when it went condo. There was a huge crack in one of the outer walls and I said, no way. Salt water and wind eat at these buildings. Never mind the tropical storms and hurricanes. Six hurricanes later, I now live in Arizona. Well, waterfront and beachfront living has its perks, but it also has its problems. In various places, we in America have a crumbling infrastructure problem that needs immediate addressing so we don't see more disasters like the Surfside building collapse. In fact, just today, a condo in North Miami Beach was deemed unsafe and people were told to move out immediately. It's Crestview Towers condo. Okay, and if you click on over to my blog, you could see uh, I have a, an embedded tweet in there with the news piece on there. Um, 
and it's been deemed unsafe. Everybody needs to evacuate immediately. I, it, it sounded familiar. I looked up the address and yep, it's right on the water. A little inland, but also built on reclaimed land. I've driven by there dozens of times and I may have even visited someone there. My friends and I used to picnic at Alita River Park a couple of miles east of there. And if you take a look at the map, you can see exactly where it is. Um, uh, Alita River Park is a beautiful estuary, which is a blend of salt and fresh water. And I remember the developers wanted to build there, but the public objective. In that park, you can actually see mangroves. And I have a link in my blog to Alita River, so you can actually take a look at pictures of what a real mangrove looks like. There's a lot of water. I think this one just wants to land back. Back to Surfside. At the time of this writing, there were 22 dead, 188 accounted for, which means that they survived the collapse or were not in the building when it fell or they, they died. And 126 people still unaccounted for. They're still calling it a search and rescue. Family members are fervently hoping that by a miracle, a loved one will be found alive. Hey, miracles happen. I pray for them and the families of the dead several times a day. To top it off, Hurricane Elsa is heading in the direction of Florida. And I've embedded a picture of the forecast cone. And even though it looks like it will be in, uh, it will be in the Gulf Coast and come in north of Tampa, the worst of any hurricane or tropical storm is the northeast quadrant right where South Florida is. Which brings me to the reason for this special post before I start the next Bible study series, which is on the book of Judges. So I'll subscribe so you don't miss out because the book of Judges is really interesting. It's got a, a lot of stories, it's adventures, it's drama, a lot of drama, a lot of drama. Um, life is short. So imagine going to bed at night feeling safe and secure, albeit a false sense of security, being woken up by a loud noise and shaking, then nothing, death. Or being awakened by a loud noise and shaking, and then you run to the balcony or open the front door and seeing the rest of the building you live in, gone. I won't speculate on why some died and some survived. That's a question to ask God when you get to heaven. Given that, you are not guaranteed tomorrow. <sighs> In Hebrews 9, verses 25 to 38, we read, just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. We are all infected with a deadly virus called death. We will all die sometime. That said, you have a choice now where you will spend eternity, heaven or hell. Sinking sand. The word sinking sand kept running through my mind. There's an old hymn that has it, um, has it in the chorus. In Christ, the solid ground I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I've embedded that video below. But Jesus mentioned building on sand, and it's very timely. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verses 20, verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. 
Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the wind beats against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When it rains and floods, and the floods come, and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Well, but let, let's, let me read that again. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house. Okay, so you have hurricane winds, hurricane rain, and hurricane, oh, what do they call it? Surge, floodwaters. It won't collapse because it was built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the hurricane comes and the storm surge comes and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Jesus said to his followers in Matthew 16, verse 24, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And click on over to my blog. There's an in-depth study on that passage. Jesus also told us, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. That, my friend, is the rapture, which can happen in any moment, and we are living in the end times. And finally, words of comfort and hope, John 16, 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. He overcame the world. When we believe in him and accept him as our Lord and Savior, we also overcome the world as well as sin and death. So are you wise or foolish? There is no time to waste. Are you ready to meet God today? You may just meet God today. Don't be a fool and listen to Jesus' teaching. He tells the truth because he is God and God can't lie. In that case, you must believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died, taking your sins away forever, and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Do a complete 180 in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Stop living with a false sense of salvation, a false sense of security. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. 
If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes or click on over to my blog because it should be there already to look at all the pictures and the videos. <sighs> click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. Soli Leo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious, and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.